Welcome to the Select Star Podcast, your resource for innovative technology, developer topics, and more. Here's your host, Margo McCabe from the HarperDB team. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Select Star Podcast, hosted by HarperDB. Thanks for tuning in. Um, today, we have an awesome guest that I'm excited to speak with who is involved with an organization you're probably familiar with called Women Who Code. Um, so we have Ratika Kanade. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, but thank you so much for tuning in. Yeah, um, yeah, you're pronouncing it correct. It's Ratika Kanade. Um, hi, I am uh, a software engineer and I work in uh, big tech. I've been um, in, in this industry for about six years at this point. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Um, super excited to speak with you. And where are you calling in from? Where are you based out of? I'm located in Seattle. Okay. So not not too far from us in Denver, at least a little bit on the same side of the country. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, awesome. And so before we jump into, you know, all about Women Who Code and how you got involved with that, would love just a little bit more of like your background, how you originally sort of got into tech, um, anything like that. Of course. So uh, I come from a household that has promoted education a lot. Like my um, my dad was an engineer himself. My mom also like really, really cares that we like, you know, got the best education possible, me and my siblings. And um, I guess there was certain inclination that I had toward um sciences, math, and that's how I decided that, you know, I'd go figure something. And then eventually I discovered computer science, writing my first code, um, being excited about it, being able to like finally get control of some aspect in your life, like telling a computer what to do and it actually showing up and doing the same exact thing. Uh, that was pretty exciting for me. So I decided I'd get a bachelor degree in um, computer engineering back in Mumbai where I was born and raised. And then, um, yeah, that's that's basically how I got started. It was just like, go, let's let's learn more about this. Let's learn more about this. And finally ended up, you know, being a major. Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. And so then when did you, when did you move then um, to the US? Was that like after you finished university for, for your yeah. first job or? So um, typically moving to the, Moving to the U.S. was like a hard decision, I guess, because when I finished my bachelor's, uh, I just knew I didn't want to be home. I just didn't know where I wanted to be. And so I went out there, found myself a job uh, in a software engineer company in Japan. So oh, cool. I relocated out of fresh out of college, didn't speak any Japanese whatsoever. Yeah. And I found myself working uh, in a city called Fukuoka. And um, I was working with folks who didn't speak any English. And that was really interesting. So my first few months were really hard. And then I survived for about three years. I started picking up the language. Obviously, I had help from people who were bilingual. Uh, they really came to my rescue. And um, at the end, like we were all trying to solve the same problem, which was like technically more challenging than it was um, communication wise. So I feel like we maybe figured that bit out at some point and writing documentation and writing stuff helped a lot. So yeah, I 
I was there three years and then when that's when I decided, you know, my personal life needed change. I needed to be around more people who spoke English. Mm-hmm. And um, that's how I decided I wanted to come here to the United States. So I got a master's degree at Stony Brook University in Long Island, New York. Okay. Um, I finished that up in one year, couple months. And then I got like back into working as soon as I could. So yeah, I started working in January, 2020, right before pandemic hit. And that's how I'm here. Wow. That's quite the journey. I mean, that's very, you know, impressive or I'm not sure exactly what the word is. It's um, it takes a lot of, you know, backbone to be able to move somewhere like Japan straight out of out of college and you know that adds a whole nother layer of challenge on top of just trying to get acclimated and and get settled into your first job and Mm -hmm. figure out what you want to do so that's really cool that you just kind of um decided to go for it and just kind of hit the bullet I I love that the the secret is I didn't know what I was doing and so I guess I was just like doing something um so I guess that was the cool part that I didn't stop my like my head didn't stop myself from physically moving or like from physically committing, typing an email and saying, yes, I'm moving. Right. Showing up at the airport. So until like I actually had to move into my apartment, like when I got off at the airport and all the sign um, signboards and like the taxi, everything was written in Japanese. And I had no idea that, you know, I'd have communication issues until that point. I, I was just like, this is just something, you know, it's just another travel or whatever. And then right. it just hit me that I made a major life decision. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense. I mean, there's some people that um, do a lot of analysis and stress before making a decision. And there's some people that just make a decision and then sort of do that afterwards. So yeah. um, maybe it was just my younger self, you know, I've, I'm yeah. pretty sure I've become far more risk averse. Um, yeah. As that I've makes sense. Yeah. That's pretty common, but that's, that's really cool. And so, um, so then when, and how did you sort of get introduced to the woman who code organization? Like how, yeah. how did you come across them? So I moved to Seattle and, um, you know, the pandemic hit and I was like oh shoot I was gonna make new friends and I was gonna go explore the city just gonna meet people and none of it is happening in fact I'm cooped up in my apartment now and um, that's when I started looking up you know communities online that I could join Um, women who code came up I think like the first one when you look something up on the internet like as a woman if you're trying to find something and um, they had a Seattle chapter and I was like, hey, that's perfect. So I just reached out to one of the directors back then. And I was like, hey, what are you guys up to? Um, how can I help? Is there a way to get more involved? And um, she was this amazing lady and she's like, hey, we should set up some time to chat. We, we talked and like we instantly found a connect. And at the same time, Women Who Code Seattle was trying to Uh, also revive itself a little bit so they were like kind of dormant for the past year or so and um, the director back then was like hey let me you know see if I can spark some interest among people and then me and a couple more people joined and yeah before we knew it we were like you know completely in it Um, we were meeting uh, we started with like one meeting and then it was like one after the other yeah wow that's that's really cool. I, I know, um, you know, I've been following and, and seeing different posts. I, I love the post that the 
organization promotes, um, I've, I've known about it for a while, but it seems that it's growing quickly, especially in terms of locations. Like I keep seeing different cities that there's there's a headquarters in or that there's meetups around. And so it's it's really awesome. Maybe this is- Yeah, it's in over like 140 countries. Wow. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it seems like maybe it's one of those situations that a, a little bit at least benefited from um, the pandemic, if a lot of the growth happened during that, then maybe they were able to, um, you know, that's when a lot of people, as you said, were looking to find community and make connections. Maybe they were able to like spread their wings and, and get more reach during that, which is, which is really great. Yeah. And now that, you know, we're not in the pandemic anymore, it just has to keep getting better and better. So yeah, <laughs> I'm really, like, I'm really, really excited about what's in the future. That's, that's really great. And so what exactly, in case people listening aren't familiar with the organization, what would you say, like, what is Women Who Code? You know, what are the main initiatives? Um, how did it come to be? What kind of like, um, what, when you meet, what do you go over? Stuff like that. Yeah. So I think like, um, it, A, it is a nonprofit organization. And so it is solely dedicated towards the community. Uh, and I would say the mission is to basically just inspire women so that they're able to excel in tech specifically that's why it's women who code right and um i feel like practically we do four kinds of things one is um empowerment you know by expanding skills that are needed for any kind of professional achievements or like milestones that women have to go conquer um part two would be educating companies. So, you know, a part of the change is also bringing in cultural shift across um, all these different companies who are trying to hire, but like letting, letting them know how important it is to have enough women representation. And then part three would be this whole community bit that I've been talking about. So, you know, just showing up, talking to people, having events, uh, social mixers, things of that nature. And part four is finally, in the grand scheme of things, we do want women to be, you know, C-level executives. So how do we develop those role models and how do we support um, women who've chosen to be engineers today and um, get them there? Yeah. Okay, got it. That's, that's really interesting. And obviously something that there's a massive need for um, in the tech community and, and probably a lot of industries could, could use a similar organization. So I think it's really great what you're doing and, and what would you say, um, you know, getting down into like some examples, I know you said you do partner with some organizations, but what would be some examples, you know, if, if someone were to join the organization and is looking to be elevated in their career or something like that, like what type mm -hmm. of resources do they have available? Is there like mentorship or, or, or what does that look like? Yeah, so um, typically, um, once you sign up on the website, which is totally free, by the way, you'd get access to a whole lot of tutorials, resources, which relate to, you know, like coding everyday, um, educational materials that, um, like, maybe of use to someone to learn and grow. And then um, there's these awesome newsletters that go out every month. They have so much information. They have so much perspective from, like, other leadership uh, women who are in positions of leadership. Um, finally, there's also like a Slack that we have. And there's so many, you know, different um, smaller threads. Um, what do you call them? Channels? Yeah. 
different channels with different topics where you can totally you can think about like the most specific thing that you want to you want to be interested in in tech you'd go and find yourself a channel there and then most importantly i think um, women who code has a job board uh, i feel like it's one of the coolest feature about the website um, as a company, you can go post your listings there. And as someone who's seeking jobs, um, you can go find companies who care about having diverse talent, you know, on their, um, on their membership. And then one of the, one of the things I've taken advantage of in the past is, um, the, the women who code connect conference. So we also host, um, this conference every year in different locations. There's also, uh, a virtual part to it and then I think if um, you become a member which is like basically just signing up you're also able to apply for scholarships for other conferences so that is pretty cool and as part of our community effort and the newsletter effort you'll see like every every month when the newsletters go out um, we commend other women we recognize other women who've been like getting professional achievements and um, it's just a way to demonstrate like how much we care and uh, basically just applaud, you know? Yeah, no, that's that's really great. There's there's a lot of different ways to get involved. And I'm sure um, it's one of those situations where you get what you put in. Like you can't just sort of sign up and then expect things to happen. You have to do some networking, do some research, connect with people, ask questions. Um, those Slack channels are a really great way to stay yeah. in touch. I know I'm in the Women Who Code Colorado Slack channel and I, I try to keep up with like the monthly, I think it's monthly events that are happening um, and maybe tune in virtually if if possible, if I'm available. So I think it's, there's a lot of different avenues and ways to get involved with either like your local area or just the overarching organization. And everyone I've spoken with um, has been super passionate and excited and, and just um, wanting to help. And I think that's really great. Yeah, so like um, as Seattle chapter, um, you know, I lead the vision and we try to like drive more and more events out of Seattle and um, things that we've been trying really hard is um, one example is like we're hosting this um, data science machine learning study group every month. Uh, in fact, we're doing it, I think, once every two weeks. And so folks like you don't have there's a really low bar to the entry. You don't have to know anything. You just show up. You know, a couple of people are talking about different kinds of problems in, in data science. Um, maybe you are like discussing about a specific project or something that, you know, went online recently and discussing this new tech, or you just show up and um, dedicate that one hour block every two weeks to work on your data science project that you've been meaning to for a while, but you know, you just need that external motivation sometimes. Uh, and that accountability, I guess. So that's one of the things we in the Seattle chapter do. Uh, another thing that we've been doing is running a book club. Um, we read um, really cool books and then we'll show up at the book club meeting and then we'll um, open up a chapter and then uh, lead some discussions there. Um, oh, I love that. I've been wanting to get involved in, in a book club. I, um, I love to read when I have the time, but it's so much more fun when you have people to talk to about it and like kind of, hey, have you have you read this part yet? I think that's really cool. <laughs> exactly. And then even um, getting a different perspective because, you know, you and I can read the same sentence but not think about the same thing. I don't know if it, if it makes sense to you what I'm saying. 
No, but yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's it's interpreting what ha you know you can interpret what happened in the story or what the underlying message was. It's it's all. Um, I think that's one of the best. It's it's kind of like watching a movie. Like if a movie sort of ends with not a final conclusion, then you can have like a debate about what you think the message was and what happened. It's the same thing with reading. Um, so I think that's really great. Are do you in that book club? Are you guys focused on? like tech or is it just totally for fun? Like whatever the book is. Yeah, we've been doing a whole mix most okay. recently uh, in the the one we started on February one was clean code. And okay. so we decided to pick like a, a tech focused book this time. And, you know, I feel like the greatest part about being in a closed community like this is, you know, no one is out there to judge you. Yeah, like, exactly. You say and ask whatever question came to your mind, or if you didn't understand something, you know, you know, like there are no consequences to your questions here. Like you can, um, you can get your questions cleared and um, you don't, you don't feel like you're judged for not knowing something, which is awesome. Right. Yeah. That's, that's always, really important, especially when it comes to bringing together people from different backgrounds and people that don't know each other. It's sometimes hard to build that trust um, and respect. And that seems like a really good way to just have like an open conversation and just show that anything goes. Um, I think that's a really great, a great way to sort of build that community. Um, yeah. What would you say, you know, from a, from a higher level perspective, like how do you see the Women Who Code organization impacting the tech community, but also what challenges do you think still need to be addressed? Because, um, you know, obviously like us being women in tech, we've we've come a long way. The fact that we even have organizations focused on this is really important, but do you see mm -hmm. that there's still room for growth or what are your thoughts there? Oh, so this was a loaded question. I'm going <laughs> to two parts. Part one is like, what changes have I seen actually right implemented over the the three years that I've been associated with this group and I I'm not kidding when I say this um like initially when women like who joined they were like super underconfident about their skills they'd be like constantly doubting themselves and it would be like hey I don't think you know I don't have enough experience to go get this job and sometimes like you know our meetups would just like um talk about how it is okay to apply for a job that you don't think you are qualified to do because that's what women tend to do they tend to undersell themselves and um today when women join this the, the same kind of you know uh, meetups uh, i'm seeing a lot more confidence being reflected in the way um they speak uh their talent and and that makes me so proud like yes go girl you got it and um so that's really important to me. I've seen like a, a difference, um, personally speaking, from like people who have interacted with. Um, one of the other interesting things I've done is last year, uh, we interviewed with a local um, Seattle-based um, local news, and then uh, they featured us on on cable and you know they were talking about the importance of having women in technology and that was so cool because I cannot even imagine being I don't know a 10 year old 12 year old um, girl and being interested in tech and not seeing enough representation but then they tune into like their local TV and they see women like me women of color you know women who um, show up at their jobs and um, try to affect change and so uh, that's been one of the other cool things that I've seen um, go in the positive direction. 
but having said that, I'll come to the second part of the question. Yes, we still need more change. I think that's a constant ongoing process. Um, for example, you know, there's still not enough representation today, um, especially at the executive level. The more senior you go, the less women you tend to see in companies. And that is not okay. <laughs> and uh, I, I wish like we could change it overnight, but we can't. And so we'll, you know, we'll work hard as a community to make that happen. So that's something I want to see in the future. Yeah, no, I mean, that that definitely makes sense. And I think that um, I can probably speak for a lot of ladies that are in the tech industry that um, it's so great to have people like you that are dedicated to this mission and, and putting extra time into these organizations. Um, you know, it's, it's the small steps that are making a difference. And so to see people actually putting the time in and, and believing in this is inspiring. Um, and I'm, I'm super thankful for <laughs> all the people I know and people in my network and just kind of hearing every time I speak with anyone that's at an organization like women who code, it's like invigorating of like, yeah, there are, you know, we are moving in such an awesome direction. Like think about how far we've come. And it's just, an ex it makes me feel more really fortunate to be in the tech mm. industry. Um, and I love it. And it's like, I get to work with really cool people and everyone's super supportive. And I think that a lot of that is because of organizations like women who code doing what they do. So, um, it's awesome that you, that you have the time to put into that. Um, so for people that are listening, what would you say is like the best way to get started or get involved? Is it kind of, as you already mentioned, like maybe hop on a Slack channel, just join the community, um it, yeah right. one of the one of the easiest things to do is to look up an event that is happening near you um if you don't want to show up in person you can just show up virtually and you'll see like a whole crowd there um pretty sure you'll end up relating to someone you know you'll you'll share thoughts with somebody and then you'll be like oh that i find that person cool let me go try to ping them or let me go see what they do for a living and then you know before you know it you've formed a connection and um, the network effect starts rolling in. Right. That's awesome. Um, and yeah, I'll be sure to put all that info in the show notes as well um, for like the Twitter account and all the different places that you can kind of follow along with the community. Awesome. Um, I also wanted to, you know, before we wrap up, I'd love to hear a little bit about what it's like working for a tech giant. Um, and if you have any tips for other people that would maybe be trying to get to a similar place in their career. I'm, I'm sure maybe that overlaps a little bit with one woman who code, because you probably come across people that are looking for yeah. like a mentor or looking for tips or something. So just curious from your perspective, like what it's been like so far. Yeah. I think um, working for a big tech company is um, something that I've been really fortunate to have uh, gotten a chance to do so far. I think the, bar to uh, making mistakes is kind of lower than uh, my experience working with companies that don't have enough funding um, because then you're making you know like and any any change that you're doing is going out at scale and so that means you're you have the potential to change the way people interact with technology you have um, a voice in how the, the product gets developed and uh, that gets rolled out to many, many people. And that's a short, short way of making, you know, this small change in this big, big world. Um, and for people who are like still um, trying to find their way in, I would say um, just go 
try attacking it instead of like waiting for opportunities to come to you. So um, one of the easiest things to do is like hit up recruiters and companies that you want to work for, uh, look for job roles, look for connections that already work there, maybe try to find out more about specific teams that you want to work with um, instead of like, you know, just like accepting the first offer that you get. And so trying to find a good fit so that you are successful in the long term, I feel like is extremely, extremely uh, important. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's um, a lot of people I speak with say something along those lines of, even if we are in a more virtual world, which of course we are, but how important it is to still find, to still network. A lot of people don't like that mm -hmm. word, but just to still do your networking and finding that community and don't be afraid to reach out even if it's reaching out cold, like I've reached out to people in the past on LinkedIn and said, Hey, I just would love to learn more about like what you do in your role. That's maybe a role I'm interested in, in doing at some point. I think you'll find that way more often than not folks are just happy to help. Um, yeah, and that's it, how I found my current job. Even like oh, I just cool. um, ran into my manager at that time at a, a conference and I was like, Hey, I'm interested in your company. Maybe you're interested in me. And then, you know, like um, share with them the, the stuff that I'm excited about in tech, what I want to work on, what I've been working uh, with before. And, and they were like, okay, yeah, you know, we should talk more. And literally it was super difficult because it was in person physically at a conference. And so um, the shy person in me was like, oh, they probably don't care <laughs> about you, but like whatever um, adrenaline I got in that moment, I just stood up in front of them and I was like, here I am presenting myself, making a pitch. Right. Yeah, that's that's the way to do it. Um, I think that's, that's I love that story that that's how you found your current job. Yeah, I did. It's just kind of having that confidence and being like, hey, here's what I'm trying to do. Maybe it's a fit. Have you ever thought? And so I think sometimes even companies will like open up a role. I've, I've seen many times yes. companies say, hey, we don't even, we're not even posting about this job, but like now that you mention it, it seems like a great fit. So let's talk. And so that's like, and then they can kind of tailor that to your skill set. Yeah, and that's sometimes, the best case scenario. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes people forget like when you're interviewing with a company, it's not just the company that's interviewing you, but it's also you interviewing them mm -hmm. to see if this is what you wanted out of your life. And, and, you know, this is where you want it to be or the kind of work you want it to do. Is this, are you okay if your everyday looks like that? Right. Exactly. That's important. Yeah, no, I think that's a great reminder too. It's like, don't be afraid to ask your questions and do your own vetting to figure out if mm -hmm. that's going to be the right fit for you. You don't want to just be taking the first thing that comes along um, because then you might end up hopping around more than you want to. So exactly. definitely put that time in yeah. up front to avoid that. Um, but that's, no, that's great. I think that these are all some really awesome tips. Um, thank you so much for sharing. I really appreciate it. I had one other question before we wrapped up, which is just kind of a fun one that I like to ask is, mm -hmm. are there any specific tools or technologies or programming languages, like anything under that umbrella that you're super excited about right now? Obviously there's always so much happening. Um, like anything that you're excited to learn or check out this year, or just like a trend that you're, that, you know, you really like to see. <laughs> yeah, personally, um, I've been Play, I was playing around with chat GPT a lot. So that was really fun for me, mm -hmm. I think a, a couple months ago. And uh, it just drove me insane how how great it was at its job. It, um, yeah, it's it's really impressive and a little bit like creepy. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah our, I was actually playing around with it with my team today. And it's, yeah, it's 
amazing. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, you know, like how uh, I, I still see uh, there's a lot of buzz and activity around it on Twitter even today because um, people are like finding uh, edge cases or like they're like, oh, I broke it. You know, this is what I did to break it. And then this is how it's giving me a wrong answer. But then, you know, it's a it's a work in progress. Right. So, uh, it, it intrigues me personally. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, it is. It's it's intriguing. It's almost um, it's like I think that there used to be something that was sort of a joke. I don't remember what the actual website or URL was, but like if people ask a question and it's like, hey, have you tried Googling that? <laughs> this is the next step up from that of like, hey, have you tried putting that into In this software that will literally give you all the information that you need? Um, it's it's really interesting. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. So um, that's yeah, I and I and you know, someone who is not from an AI ML background, this this really fascinates me because probably I don't understand more than half the tech that goes into building something so creative and um, the applications around it. Um, people have taken AI and literally ran with it in the past year. Um, like some people have built really cool projects and they've like kind of even made money off of it. So like, you know, building AI avatars or taking a sound recording and then, you know, giving it a twist of some sort using AI or um, things like where you're reading off of a script. So you're not directly looking at a camera, but then, um, you know, this computer, uh, computer vision image recognition thingy makes your eye look like it's looking into the camera. And that's so cool. Wow, <laughs> I can't imagine like how endless uh, the creative aspects of this is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's there's there's a lot that goes into it. The last episode actually that we did on the podcast was with mm -hmm. a machine learning engineer, and it was so interesting and and just a, it was fun to have like a really positive conversation about because you hear some people talk about like oh maybe it's going to remove people's jobs or whatever, but it's it there's so much more positive and benefit coming from it of like no it's just augmenting what they're doing or making their jobs easier or giving them time to focus on xyz and helping with advancements in areas like tech and um i mean medical um it's just yeah it's it's really exciting and to think about how far we've come in just 5 years and then how much could happen in just another 3 to 5 years is like no one can even really fathom. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, who would have thought about the internet, right? Yeah, I know. Everyone forgets how young it is too. Like it yeah. really hasn't been around that long. I mean, if if you go to um, something like the Museum of Natural History and then you look at all of the evolution and how far humans have come, um, I feel like the internet would not even make a blip in the in the grander scheme of things. Exactly. <laughs> I know one day much much after our lifetimes, there will probably be museums of, of technology, but it's too soon. <laughs> probably, who knows? <laughs> awesome. Well, this has been so, so great chatting. I really, really appreciate it. I'm excited to continue to help spread the word about Women Who Code. I, as I said, I've been following the organization for a while and I really appreciate what all of you are doing and we'll continue to keep, in, um, keep up with our local events that are happening. But um, for anyone that's listening, definitely encourage you to check it out and see if there's a way to get involved or just something that you could learn from. And I'll place all that info in the show notes. But thank you yeah. so much um, for taking time to connect. And I, I really look forward to keeping in touch. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, thanks all. Uh, I hope you find some value out of Women Who Code, just like I have in the past um, couple of years that I've been involved in. 
again, you don't have to volunteer, but you know, you can just show up at an event and say hi to folks. I, I'm pretty sure you'd appreciate it. <laughs> exactly. Awesome. Well, have a great rest of your evening. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Select Star, your resource for innovative technology and developer topics. You can find our episodes in all the usual places, Spotify, Apple, Google, RSS, and YouTube. Don't forget to rate, comment, subscribe, and share. You can learn more about HarperDB at harperdb.io.